Hello, it's great to be with you here on the Bible Podcast. Today is May 30th, and we're beginning the book of Ezra. We'll be reading Ezra chapters 1 through 3. The book of Ezra recounts God's marvelous work in bringing many Israelites back to Jerusalem after 70 years of exile in Babylon. The book highlights the restored community's struggle to resist pagan influences, to rebuild the temple, and to deal with the sin in the lives of those who chose to follow the world's values rather than God's. In Ezra, we see how God provides for and protects those who trust in Him and faithfully obey His word. Let's begin. Ezra chapter 1. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. Wherever this Jewish remnant is found, let their neighbors contribute toward their expenses by giving them silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock, as well as a voluntary offering for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Then God stirred the hearts of the priests and Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And all their neighbors assisted by giving them articles of silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock. They gave them many valuable gifts in addition to all the voluntary offerings. King Cyrus himself brought out the articles that King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his own gods. Cyrus directed Mithridath, the treasurer of Persia, to count these items and present them to Shishbazar, the leader of the exiles returning to Judah. This is a list of the items that were returned. 30 gold basins, 1,000 silver basins, 29 silver incense burners, 30 gold bowls, 410 silver bowls, and a thousand other items. In all, there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver. Sheshbazar brought all of these along when the exiles went from Babylon to Jerusalem. Chapter 2. Here is the list of the Jewish exiles of the provinces who returned from their captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had deported them to Babylon, but now they returned to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah where they originally lived. Their leaders were Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sariah, Reliah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Bana. This is the number of the men of Israel who returned from exile. 2,172 of the family of Parosh, 372 from the family of Shephatiah, 775 from the family of Era. The family of Pehath-Moab, who were the descendants of Jeshua and Joab, brought home 2,812. 1,254 from the family of Elam, 945 from the family of Zatu, 760 from the family of Zakai, 642 from the family of Bani, 623 from the family of Bebai, 1,222 from the family of Asgad, 
666 from the family of Adonikam. 2056 from the family of Bigvi. From the family of Adin, 454. From the family of Adder, which are descendants of Hezekiah, 98. From the family of Bezai, 323. 112 from the family of Jorah. 223 from the family of Hashem. 95 from the family of Gebar. 123 from the people of Bethlehem. The people of Netophah, 56. The people of Anatoth, 128. 42 from the people of Beth Asmaveth. From the people of Kiriath Jerem, Kiphirah and Beeroth, 743. The people of Ramah and Geba, 621. The people of Michmash, 122. The people of Bethel and Ai, 223. The citizens of Nebo, 52. The citizens of Magbish, 156. The citizens of West Elam, 1,254. The citizens of Harim, 320. The citizens of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 725. The citizens of Jericho, 345. The citizens of Sinah, 3,630. And these are the priests who returned from exile, the family of Jediah through the line of Jeshua, 973. The family of Imer, 1,052. The family of Peshur, 1,247. The family of Harim, 1,017. These are the Levites who returned from exile, the families of Jeshua and Kadmio, descendants of Hodaviah. 74. The singers of the family of Asaph, 128. The gatekeepers of the families of Shalom, Adder, Talmon, Akub, Hatita, and Shobai, 139. The descendants of the following temple servants returned from exile. Ziha, Hasufa, Tabeath, Keros, Seha, Padon, Lebanah, Hagabah, Akub, Hagab, Shalmai, Henan, Gedel, Gehar, Riah, Rezin, Nikoda, Gazam, Uza, Paseah, Besai, Asna, Meunim, Nefusim, Bakbuk, Hakopa, Harhur, Basluth, Mehida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisera, Tema, Neziah, and Hatifa. The descendants of these servants of King Solomon returned from exile. Sotai, Hasafereth, Peruda, Jela, Darkon, Gedel, Shephatiah, Hatil, Pokerith, Hazabam, and Ami. In all, the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants numbered 392. Another group returned at this time from the towns of Telmelah, Telharsha, Kerub, Adan, and Imer. However, they could not prove that they or their families were descendants of Israel. This group included the families of Deliah, Tobiah, and Nakoda, a total of 652 people. Three families of priests, Hobiah, Hakaz, and Barzillai, also returned. This Barzillai had married a woman who was a descendant of Barzillai of Gilead, and he had taken her family name. 
They searched for their names in the genealogical records, but they were not found, so they were disqualified from serving as priests. The governor told them not to eat the priest's share of food from the sacrifices until a priest could consult the Lord about the matter by using the Urim and the Thummim, the sacred lots. So a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah, in addition to 7,337 servants and 200 singers, both men and women. They took with them 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. When they arrived at the Temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the family leaders made voluntary offerings toward the rebuilding of God's temple on its original site. And each leader gave as much as he could. The total of their gifts came to 61,000 gold coins, 6,250 pounds of silver, and 100 robes for the priests. So the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, the temple servants, and some of the common people settled in villages near Jerusalem. The rest of the people returned to their own towns throughout Israel. Chapter 3 In early autumn, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. Then Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, joined his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, with his family in rebuilding the altar of the God of Israel. They wanted to sacrifice burnt offerings on it as instructed in the law of Moses, the man of God. Even though the people were afraid of the local residents, they rebuilt the altar at its old site. Then they began to sacrifice burnt offerings on the altar to the Lord each morning and evening. They celebrated the festival of shelters as prescribed in the law, sacrificing the number of burnt offerings specified for each day of the festival. They also offered the regular burnt offerings and the offerings required for the new moon celebrations and the annual festivals as prescribed by the Lord. The people also gave voluntary offerings to the Lord. Fifteen days before the festival of shelters began, the priests had begun to sacrifice burnt offerings to the Lord. This was even before they had started to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. Then the people hired masons and carpenters and bought cedar logs from the people of Tyre and Sidon paying them with food, wine, and olive oil. The logs were brought down from the Lebanon mountains and floated along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa, for King Cyrus had given permission for this. The construction of the Temple of God began in mid-spring, during the second year after they arrived in Jerusalem. The workforce was made up of everyone who had returned from exile, including Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and his fellow priests and all the Levites. The Levites, who were 20 years or older, were put in charge of rebuilding the Lord's temple. The workers at the temple of God were supervised by Jeshua, with his sons and relatives, and Cadmiel and his sons, all descendants of Hodaviah. They were helped in this task by the Levites of the family of Henadad. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets, and the Levites, descendants of Asaph, clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good, his faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord, because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. The others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard 
far in the distance. Gosh, I can just imagine the joy after being exiled, returning to your homeland, and beginning work rebuilding the temple. Amen. Looking back in recent history, Joan of Arc was burned at the stake on this day in 1431. She was a simple but courageous peasant girl who rescued France from defeat in one of the darkest periods of the Hundred Years' War with England. Her first great triumph was leading a French army against the English, who had laid siege to the city of Orleans. She is often called the Maid of Orleans in honor of that victory. In 1430, the Burgundians captured her at Compiègne. Although important prisoners could bring high ransoms, the English wouldn't give her up to the French. They acquired her for a large sum and had her burned at the stake, claiming she was an agent of the devil. Joan's courageous death led many to fear they had witnessed the martyrdom of a saint. Spiritual courage is common among those who love God. The book of Ezra speaks of that courage. It begins with the story of the first Jews who returned to Jerusalem from captivity and faced great antagonism and opposition. Their main objective was to rebuild the temple. Its foundation was laid, but the building delayed. Haggai and Zechariah encouraged the people to finish the project, which they did in 515 BC. Then they celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. The priests of Israel courageously offered sacrifices to God in spite of threats and intimidation. Looking out, the first step to a nation's renewal is to rebuild the altars. Seven months after the Israelites returned from captivity in Babylon, the priests began to rebuild an altar to God. All hell hates us when we determine to rebuild a moral society. Those who hated God and his people tried their best to stop the sacrifices, but they couldn't do so. When we start to draw near to God, he moves us to mission. The Israelites sacrificed at the rebuilt altar and soon were stirred by the Spirit to rebuild their torn down temple. Praise and thanksgiving should accompany all our work for the Lord. As the foundations of the temple were being laid, the Levites led the people in great praises to God. You can't work for God without being greatly blessed. When the temple foundations were laid, the people broke out in shouts, memories, and joy mingled together. Amen. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to rebuild the altars in our nation so we might become again what you want us to be. I rejoice as I see you work in my family and among my friends. All right, saints, uh, just so blessed to have this time together, and I'm really looking forward to being together tomorrow, May 31st, as we continue through Ezra, reading chapters 4 through 6.